0: Lord, as we come before you now, and as we come before your table later on, let us uh, eat that bread of life, Lord. Sustain us, fill our bellies full of your words, of your goodness, and of your provision. As we hear your word today, we pray, speak to us. Amen. Amen. So we find ourselves with Israelites in the wilderness And at this point, they have just crossed the Red Sea, Um, they have been in the wilderness for a while, and they see that there's no water, and then they they can only find water that's bitter, and then the Lord brings forth sweet water, um, and Moses uh, provides that for them through the will of the Lord. But here they are in the wilderness, and you wonder, what do they see when they look back, and what do they see when they look forward? What do they see when they look back? They might, tell me, from our eyes now, here at this point of history, might think. Well, they look back and they see maybe a land left behind, um, slavery and bondage left behind. They might look back and see that mighty armor or that mighty army destroyed, destroyed by the waters, washed away by the waters of the Red Sea. What do they see when they look forward? Did they see a, a land of new freedom new life a new land a new home new opportunities what did they see i wonder if anybody recognises a picture like this um, if anybody has maybe been that child had that child knows that child who's been in the back of the car going are we there yet i'm hungry i'm thirsty I'm tired of this car. He's poking me. She's looking at me. How are you supposed to? What are you supposed to do with that one? She's looking at me. Stop her looking at me. I might have said that myself as a small child. Probably still do. She's looking at me. Tell her not to. But here they are. They're they're on their journey and they're whining. They sit down and they grumble. We're hungry. We're hungry. Why do we not have enough to eat? Imagine them sitting there like this. I'm hungry. It's awful out there. Look at it. I don't like it. Why are we here? It's awful out there. Back there was better. They all sit down, we're told, and the whole congregation, all of them, the whole congregation, grumbled against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness sat down and they grumbled I mean their hands must have been lifted high in praise as they left Egypt their hands must have still been high when they went through those waters in praise might have stayed high as they marched into the wilderness with that army defeated behind them as they knew the goodness of the Lord and the provision of the Lord in his rescuing and redeeming of them But here as they are in the wilderness, the reality of the situation sets in. I mean, they've seen God do an incredible mighty work in delivering them and redeeming them out of Egypt. He's dealt with their state of slavery, but it doesn't solve all their problems, but it introduces them to a new opportunity and a new challenge. God is doing something new, challenging them. Preparing them for the land that is to come. He's stretching them. And how do they respond? Well, they sit down and they grumble against Moses and Aaron. They grumble amongst themselves. Now the Bible is full of grumbling, isn't it? Stories age old of, about people bringing their complaints upon the, uh, before the Lord. When he need only look at the Psalms. It's full of dire need and crying out to the Lord. Crying out in complaint to God, complaint about how others treat us, about what we're going through, about the things that happen along with life's journey. And the thing we know from the Bible is that the Lord is strong enough and big enough to take that. And that he invites our cries because he's willing to hear them. He hears the cries of a a broken and a contrite heart. But who or what are they complaining about here in Exodus 16? They're complaining about Moses and Aaron. They're complaining about them. They're complaining that they don't have enough food. And as Hannah read to us, they, they accuse Moses and Aaron of basically trying to kill them all. All right, because they're not getting what they need to fill their stomach. And as Moses and Aaron say later on, you know it's you you're complaining about us it's not the lord you're complaining about maybe but about us it's very easy to complain it's not about our leaders people in authority it's easy to criticize people easier to do that than to criticize god or address our lack of trust in his provision but They are sitting here and they're almost wishing, they're wishing to go back. They're almost wishing to put the shackles back on their arms and their feet. They're almost inviting slavery again because at least they wouldn't be hungry and at least they wouldn't be thirsty. It wasn't really that bad back there, was it? It's better than here. It wasn't that bad. At least we had enough to eat. i would rather die down there rather than die here in the wilderness. So Moses hears and listens to their, to their complaining. He hears all of it and he knows exactly what to do. What does Moses do? Well, he goes to the Lord. And that's telling us what to do exactly when we hear people complain about us. Or we have complaints. We go to the Lord. We bring it before the Lord. he cries out to the Lord. He cries out to him. Like all the people had done when pharaoh's army was advancing on them in the wilderness he cried out and god answers him and he answers firstly in this manna that rains down from heaven bread from heaven and it lies on the ground almost like snow on the ground we've all seen this in the last couple of days it lies soft like coriander seed it must have tasted quite nice wafers made with honey and then quail came as well and these little birds that came and landed on the ground Um you'll maybe wonder what Simon and I talk about during the week I am um, asked Simon a very deep and theological question during the week do you think the quail just came and sat on the ground waiting to be catched or caught or did they have to go around with big nets or whatever to, to try and catch them but the quail came and the manna came to feed their bellies in the morning and in the evening they were fed god kept his promise to them not to leave them or forsake them he wasn't going to leave them lead them into the desert and then you know forget about them he was going to provide what they needed and he did it in an incredible way i mean does bread normally fall from the heavens no Do quail or birds or any kind of animals just you know sit there nicely and wait for you to catch them so you can eat them No, but here is the provision of the Lord. And what do the Israelites have to do in response to this? They have to trust and they have to obey. There's a song in that. Paul may do that another time. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. So they're called to trust. Did the Israelites really want to go back to Egypt? No. They don't want to go back and enter into a life of slavery, but they wanted life to be easier. They wanted things to be a bit less tough. They'd encountered danger and shortages and inconvenience. And in those sorts of situations, they lead to stress, and complaint is very often just a natural outworking of that. But in the pressure of this moment, what do they need to focus on? They need to focus on trusting the Lord. Not looking for the quickest form, quickest route of escape, which is to go back the way, go back to where we came from because we know that place. It wasn't really that bad. They're called to trust in the Lord who will bring them forward. Their true cause of stress and anxiety and their complaint in this moment is their lack of trust. Their need to trust in him. I asked at the, the beginning, you know, what did they see when they look back? When they look back, did they focus and see what the Lord had done? And did they look forward and see that the Lord would deliver and rescue them again and again and again and know that He is good and He will continue to be good. So when we look back and when we look forward, sometimes that helps us in the place that we find ourselves. If God has been with us in the past, we can trust him for the next bit. They were too focused on their problem in that moment, which was that their bellies were empty. And they failed to look up. There's this uh, psalm that I love. I'm sure most of us will know it's Psalm 121 that says, I lift up my eyes. I think we've got it oh it's very pale there folks but that's a big hill basically right so I lift up my eyes I lift up my eyes to the hills for where comes my help now I know there's some younger people who have maybe done some interviews recently for Stramillus. one of the toughest toughest things about being Stramalas, uh, you know for your whole four years there is the fact when you arrive at the campus there's a hill from here to there and you have to walk that hill has anybody ever had to walk that hill it is the worst thing ever yeah and you're thinking lord just get me up here that is the deepest struggle okay that was the deepest struggle of my time as Dramalus. not really but there you go and um, so they're they're looking at, as we think about this psalm they are on that way up that hill and when the psalmist writes this there's a couple of ways we can look at this Firstly, it's that the psalmist or the the people are on their way up to Jerusalem and they're looking up and they're thinking, oh, I've got a long way to go. Lord, help me on the journey. Help me on the journey. We're still far away, but the Lord is near or it could be and maybe it's at the same time it's the traveler looking upwards knowing that even though they have far to go the Lord is still with them and the Lord will travel with them on the journey they had to lift up their eyes and look how often would our situations look different if we actually looked away from it and looked upwards upwards to the one who is above and the one that is worthy of all our trust philippians 4 i've already read a bit from philippians 4 with our uh, our philippians with our um, creed today but in philippians 4 paul tells us to focus on a few things to look up and focus on whatever is true noble right pure lovely admirable if there's anything of that is excellent or praiseworthy think about those things look up I always wonder when when Paul wrote these words or dictated these words Paul could very very easily have just looked this way and saying I'm in prison I'm pursued I've been whipped I've been shipwrecked I've been all of these things on this plane my life is awful but where did he look he looked upwards to whatever is true and noble and right and pure and Lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. He looked up to the Lord who is a Lord of provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. The Lord provides. And this is a God who hears the complaints of his people. He hears them. And he sees that they're hungry. He sees them. And he acts to give them what they need. He acts. And he even acts to feed the grumpy and the gurning. They're called to trust and they're called to obey. Hannah read, and there's a a long list of instructions there in in that passage about what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it, and when they're supposed to gather and when they're not. But they're supposed to gather on the sixth day, on the sixth days. And on the seventh, they're supposed to rest, of course, because it's the Sabbath. So on that sixth day, they have to gather in more so they have enough to provide for the Sabbath day. Very detailed instructions as to when and how and what they're supposed to gather in. But he's basically saying, can you follow my way? Can you obey? Can you trust me enough to supply what you need Can you obey what I'm telling you? You Even in the times when we don't think we have anything, when we think we are completely deficient, the Lord says, I still provide for your needs. Even on that day when we think we have nothing, the Lord has provided all the way along. Have we gathered enough in to fill our bellies to help us trust and to obey the Lord provided for everyone's needs in this moment and he provided so much that the greedy those who gathered in lots had nothing left over had nothing spare and those who weren't able to gather in a lot didn't lack anything they all had exactly what they need. The Lord provided for their needs when they took these steps of faith and trust and obedience. And God promised and proved himself to be Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. The Lord He provides. He heard the complaints of the people. He saw that they were hungry and he acted to give them what they needed. And the Lord is still that Jehovah Jireh he still provides for the naked and the cold and the hungry and the thirsty in that physical sense and in the spiritual sense. We're coming to the table of the Lord. We're looking forward to Easter when we know the sacrifice that God made in sacrificing his son, Jesus, who is the ultimate provision, who is the ultimate manna, the ultimate bread of heaven. In John chapter 6, Jesus has just fed the the 5,000 and the people come to him and they say, Lord, where have you been? Lord, we're looking for more from you. And he says, you're only here because you're still hungry. Your bellies are empty again. That's the only reason you're here. You're not here because you want to be fed spiritually. He says, you should be coming to me because I'm the one who never leaves you hungry. I'm the bread of life. I offer you bread that never perishes, that never, never goes bad, that endures unto eternal life. And they hear this and they say, Lord, give us this bread. We want this bread. Jesus says what? I am the bread of life. I am true manna and quail. I am true manna in the wilderness. I am the true provision of God. He's the sustainer of hungry hearts and minds and souls. And he's the only one that can truly satisfy empty stomachs. We can eat as much in this world and as much of this world as we want. We can, you know, what is that name uh, that says, I'm just going to eat bread and drink and become all fat and sassy. Anybody heard? Nobody's heard that one. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's just me. Where she says, I'm just going to eat bread and be happy all right we can eat as much in this world as we want but it will never truly satisfy us we'll only be hungry again for the next meal or for the next day but spiritually god is the one who fills us deeply who never leaves us hungry he's our daily taking of manna we pray in the lord's prayer lord give us our daily bread It's a daily eating of that manna. It's a daily relationship with Jesus, with that bread of life that never perishes, never spoils, never runs out. Like manna in the wilderness, the life-sustaining bread of Jesus is meant to be received daily. He's meant to be gathered in. So maybe today we need to saying to the lord i need my heart and my mind and my soul and my stomach to be filled again lord i don't want to be hungry tomorrow when i go to work i want to still be filled with what i've heard today in church lord i want to eat daily from your table eat daily from your words i want to be sustained fully so we look up to that god we look up to the one who is tree manna and true bread who invites us to his table now he invites us to eat and to to taste and see that he is good now and always so we're going to pray to him now he is the ultimate manna the ultimate provision jehovah jarrah the lord provides let's pray father god we pray that you would come and fill our stomachs where we gather in just what we need lord lord sustain us this day and every day in the daily intake of bread lord we thank you for your provision in the past we thank you that you promised to provide in the future And because of that looking back and that looking forward we can look now and look up and know that you're good in the present. I pray these things in your son's name. He is our bread of life.